It's a subject we revisit all too often, but it is necessary because crime in downtown is on the rise. We got some stats today that showed that crime is up 26% over 2021 and 31% more than the five-year average. What is happening and what can we do to stop this? Wednesday night was not just a party at Canada Life Centre, it was a celebration of Winnipeg with Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Don Callis coming home for the All Elite Wrestling AEW show. And boy, oh boy, did they ever put on a show. And some dude in the U.S. is suing Buffalo Wild Wings because their boneless wings aren't chicken wings. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, March 16th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hearing that music puts a slightly different smile on my face in context after last night. Although I should point out, I... I feel like I need uh, a lesson in vacation booking management. It's the most random days off I've ever taken. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We tried to explain it to everybody on Monday. (laughs) The rationale behind you coming back on Thursday after your big night out last night. I said to Greg, why is he not taking Thursday off? And then, because the show got changed. Is that right? The wrestling show? Yeah, that's right. So I had four days that I needed to burn before... The end of March. There's a, that carryover vacation, use it or lose it, you've got until the end of March. So I had four days. So I was going to do two and two. So I was going to do a couple of Monday, Tuesday chunks. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, going to that wrestling show, that AEW show. It's on March 14th. And then last week when we were giving away tickets. So I was like, oh, I'll book Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll go to the show Tuesday and then I'll sleep in Wednesday. And then we're giving away tickets last week. And I'm looking at our promo plan sheet thinking, why does it say March 15th? Oh, yeah, they moved the date. Mm. They moved it like two months ago and I just forgot about it. I committed it to my brain that it was on the 14th. And you can't, and then taking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then to come back to work Friday is also a bad use of vacation time. Kind of weird, yeah. And And because Thursdays, I already have to come in and do the couch potatoes anyway, it would have felt like a total throwaway Let's be honest. You never take a real vacation anyway, because you always come in. You you're it's you're like a mail carrier. <laughs> the couch potatoes is like being a mail carrier, where you, through rain or show snow, sleet, hail, and vacation. What does Jim Toth always say? Sports never sleeps. Isn't never sleeps. They just keep playing. That's right. So for <laughs> for the couch potatoes, the Hollywood never sleeps. They just keep pumping out content. Got to well, talk about it. You'll remember the Sunday morning hockey show and the Sunday morning sports show Keith McCullough and I did years ago. And I did that show once uh, from the parking lot at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. I was on holidays. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Take better vacations, you but guys. I had, to do, I had to do the show from uh, from Arrowhead just because. Didn't want to leave Keith on his own. Didn't want, want to ask Kelly Moore to come in and do the show on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I'll rack up a $130 phone bill <laughs> doing the show Oh, instead. man. Wow. Yes. So, so you know what? It's just it's a calling, right? <laughs> it's just what we do. Well, if I was actually... On vacation, if I left and if I got on a plane and went somewhere, then yeah, I would take the week off where Jeff and I would tape the show ahead of time. Because we often have to do that, especially in December when he goes to see his family. We'll sometimes do two, three shows in one week. Uh, and But when, when I'm not going anywhere, I'm like, ah, just come in. You disappoint me. You're dis- you're dis- okay, it's, but how okay. was the show? Yeah, how it was, was good. Speaking of shows, it how was, was the show? AEW All Elite Wrestling was fantastic. We'll get a bit more into it at 6.30. I want to play what we that the song that we come into, Judas, which is from Chris Jericho's band Fozzie. Uh, he, when they did that last night, my buddy Mike said, get ready for the sing-along. And it was, the, the crowd was hot. It was a great wrestling crowd. I wonder how many people looked around and went, are Mackling, McGarry, McGarry in the building when they heard those first (laughs) notes? I'm sure there was at least one person who... Who wondered if the star, if it was six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool to see the Winnipeg. Well, it, and not just 
Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho in the ring, but when it picks Don Callis sure. outside the ring. Did a great job. It was just a fantastic show. As you said, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit more in about a half an hour, but I was grinning ear to ear. I thought it was a tremendous celebration of Winnipeg last night on not only Canadian television, but obviously also on American television last night, Brett. It was a big deal. So good for Jericho, good for Omega and Callis. And more at 6.37. And uh, by the way, speaking of Winnipeg, I, I hadn't been... I knew that the Jets did well on the weekend, but three in a row now heading into tonight? No, they lost. Oh, did they lose? To Carolina. He's still happy about it. Oh, they lost. I, I clearly read that score wrong then this morning. I'm like, oh, three in a row. I, yeah. I can't, that's what happens when you try to read at 3.30 a.m. They won two on the weekend, lost to Carolina. But when Greg came into work yesterday, it was very confusing, Brett, because I was prepared for sad Greg. And weirdly, he the, the loss was good to him. I don't know. I, it was He liked what he saw. Right? Okay. Regardless yes. of the loss. Yes, Rick Bonus said it was the get best uh, game they'd played of the three on the road trip. Oh. In terms of their structure and limiting uh, the other team to scoring opportunities, you might argue that the the Jets goaltending let them down a little bit on Tuesday night. But uh, tonight is a huge game for the Jets as the league leading Boston Bruins come to town. Whenever those original six teams come to town, regardless of the standings. There are a ton of fans for the other team in the building, which will be the case tonight. But the Jets really need to take down the Bruins tonight. They, they need two points because Minnesota won last night, Colorado won again last night, and Nashville is nipping at their heels. So every single point's uh, critical. We've got the keys to the game coming up just after 8.10, our weekly Thursday visit with... Jets TV at 9.35, and we have two tickets to give away to see the Jets and Arizona play on March 21st, so we'll give those away at 9.15. We'll tell you how you can win those at 6.45. And speaking of hockey, we're talking hockey in our small town salute today. We are going just a little bit east of the city. You may have heard of Kraft Hockeyville, because I know we've featured uh, communities that have made it to the Final Four in the past. I think this is a third Manitoba community since the Jets returned to the NHL. Uh, to make the final four. So we'll tell you which community is on that list of four cities or communities in Canada looking for an NHL preseason game, $250,000. And the money, should they win this, is going to something really special. That's coming up just after 7.35 as we listen to the intro music for the Elite. Kenny Omega's trio last night. Candace, they actually licensed real music in the AEW. So that was kind of a neat surprise. What do you mean? What do they do in the other one? They, they, they make their own music. Oh. I think. Whereas in this, they actually go out and just grab real music. So my buddy says, oh, I know you're going to like this, Brett, because it's one of your favorite songs. I'm like, yes, indeed, Kansas. All right. Good stuff. Some more on that at 6.35 on AEW. But up next, we're going to tell you about some groups that were blindsided by a proposed law after we check your forecast on the start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb in a moment. Details on what went down last night at Canada Life Centre, a rather special night for Winnipeg. Loren, what's coming up after 7.05? Well, you've been hearing Skylar in the news talk about the fact that fires, the number of fires we're seeing in Winnipeg, continue to grow. And they're up over the last three to five years significantly. And when you compare Winnipeg fires to other like cities of comparable size, we have more firehouse fire per household than any other Canadian city. So what gives? What's going on? And what can we do about it? We'll get into that after 7. And Mr. Mackling, a bit later on this morning, just after 8.50, is tonight the deadline? It is the last, the absolute final deadline for the St. Boniface Hospital Foundation Mega Million Choices Lottery. So those TV commercials will end before midnight tonight. Get your tickets now. StBMegaMillionChoices.ca Yes, it's it's the final deadline. Your last chance to support the incredible work of St. Boniface Hospital Foundation. Get in on our 50-50. That's over $1.3 million. We're over 90% sold. Your support has been tremendous, but uh, let's get the rest of the way and see if we can sell the rest of those tickets, Brett. It was an absolutely triumphant homecoming for Winnipeggers Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho last night at Canada. 
Canada Life Centre, and I've got some sound from that, which we'll share with you in a moment. They are two of the top professional wrestlers on this planet. They were in town for the live international broadcast of AEW Dynamite. The fact that we're actually here in Winnipeg today is a huge honour for me, for Kenny, for Don. I know how excited and how involved people in this city get for shows. And I think that it's going to be one of those nights where people afterwards are like, we got to come back here, like, now. So that's Chris Jericho. He was talking about Don. Don is Don Callis, who is also part of the All Elite Wrestling as Kenny Omega's on-screen manager and also appears as a color commentator. Yeah, the full-on TV production was spectacular last night. I'm actually surprised to learn how many of our colleagues tuned in to a large portion or just a tiny bit of it last night. I was one of them. I was absolutely uh, taken by how incredible the arena looked. And they did not shy away from where they were in any fashion. In fact, it was quite the opposite. A genuine celebration of the homecoming for the AEW's biggest stars. Everyone's, uh, people have come into town and say, it's so cold, it's so cold. It's like, this isn't cold. You ain't seen nothing. This is not cold. But it's going to be hotter than hell in the, uh, in the arena tonight. <laughs> That made me laugh. Yesterday, Jericho received two separate honours, one from the city, another from the province. Premier Heather Stephenson presented Jericho with the Queen Elizabeth Platinum Jubilee Medal. And then this happened at City Hall. And this is the best ever. This is so cool. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Chris Jericho way. It's ridiculous, man. A skid from Winnipeg now is a street named after him. <laughs> he finds all the words. Skid? Yeah, a skid. A skid. Got, uh, it, there was an interesting exchange uh, during the broadcast last night on that front. But uh, so for those of you that are, uh, you know, from Westwood, you'll know where this is. Other of you may not. Woodsworth Way between Browning Boulevard and Westwood Drive will receive an honorary street naming as Chris Jericho Way. Absolutely spectacular. Well done, AE. But also well done, City of Winnipeg, Province of Manitoba, because, uh, Brett, these are two of the biggest, in my mind, not only supporters of Winnipeg, but ambassadors for our city. For sure, yeah. And the fact that uh, the two of them in ring are the, basically the top dogs in this promotion, uh, leading the, you know, sort of sounding the charge for Winnipeg around the world. Uh, because Kenny Omega has been one of the biggest names in wrestling for years, but he spent a lot of time over in Japan. So it was kind of, the, we never really got to see a whole lot of them. So last night was historic. It's the first time the two of them have ever set foot in a ring together in front of a Winnipeg crowd. So, like, I wasn't even going to go to this show. My buddy, I went with my friend Mike, who is a wrestling super fan. I've always been a fan, but he's a wrestling super fan. He actually helped me win a contest in 2001 called WrestleManiacs at, down at Power 97 before I started working for Chorus Winnipeg. Just want to make that clear. Yeah, I was going to say, it helped you win? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't kidding. a Chorus employee yet. And, uh, but he helped me win a trip to WrestleMania. So we got to go see WrestleMania X7 in Houston. And when he said, oh, I'm in Mexico when they're coming because they originally announced the date for March 14th that he got back from his trip yesterday. So we, I was like, oh, well, if I can't go with Mike, I'm not going to bother going. And then they changed the date to the 15th. He's like, we got to go. I'm like, all right, fine. So <laughs> so we're sitting on the ninth row on the floor, watching the pyro and the big giant screen flash AEW dynamite and I got right back into it and then later on when Chris Jericho came out in his match his music his entrance music is the same music we use to open our show it's a song called Judas by Fozzy and Mike told me about the sing-along and I thought what what's going to happen here so it was interesting I watched it when I got home and it didn't look like Jericho was getting an ovation, but in the arena you could hear it. The people singing along to Judas and it sort of picks up here and at one point the music stops but then the crowd just keeps going nice. and it was pretty electrifying to see that given that he's from, this wasn't just a wrestling show, this was a celebration of this Winnipeg, as you pointed, Ambassador Greg. There you go. It was an electric crowd. I don't know what the attendance was. I think uh, before my friend Mike was saying maybe 7,100 tickets had been sold by the time we got there. Um, But it was loud. It was as loud as I've ever heard Canada Life Center. 
And uh, Kenny Omega had this to say after the show. They, so the cameras had stopped rolling, but Kenny came out and talked. I suppose if there's one thing that tonight has taught me, it's to never forget where you came from. In case you couldn't hear what he said there, it's to never forget where you came from. And he went on to talk about, it's funny, I killed my camera just as he started talking about his Transcona roots. I was going to say, he's from your neck of the woods. Yeah, he's from Transcona. He's talking about wrestling. I didn't hear the name of the club, but he talked about Morse Place, which was a team we used to play in baseball. So even there is a bit of an extra potential rivalry. Omega's from Transcona, Jericho's from Westwood. Oh, yeah. Yep. Although I never had a problem with Westwood. I like Westwood and yeah, Crestview. Westwood guys are, are are pretty good. That's where I played football, was out in Westwood with the St. James Rods. And and so Jericho was always around. We'd see him at the A, and and one of my good friends is one of his best friends. But I've never missed met Chris Jericho in person. We've had him on our show mm-hmm. several times over the years. But, yeah, I just uh, I marvel. I just love, because I listen to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast from time to time, and he genuinely says, Celebrates being from here. He does not lament it ever for one second. He celebrates the music that's from here. He celebrates his memories with his families. He talks about CKND and taping this and that, <laughs> taking all these movies uh, to Saskatchewan in the summers for his uh, for his cousins that they would wa- like. It, it, well, his Twitter it's handle non-stop. is it's- "I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it, like, there is, yeah, I mean, so, it's not his handle, but that's in his description, right? right? Like, I am Jericho a, from Winnipeg, you idiot. Yeah, well, one time somebody <laughs> said, go back to Toronto. And in the middle of a match, Jericho says, I'm from Winnipeg, yes. you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and by, I, I feel like I only stayed for the live event, the AEW Dynamite, which aired live last night. And then they taped their Friday show, Rampage. But I left out because I, I would have been there till 10.30, 10.45. I wish I had stayed, though, because my buddy Mike stayed. And apparently Omega and Jericho came back out to the ring, thanked the fans, and then shook hands with some of the fans, including nice. Mike. Wow. So, uh, Dave, just texting in, watching extremely large men play fighting in their underwear. I don't get it. It is a weird art form. I will admit that. It's a strange art form but when you especially in person getting to see the athleticism and the acrobatics uh it just i it blows my mind how they don't break each other's necks constantly it's you, you quite the show point at ridiculousness in any sort of spectacle or sport i mean sometimes when there's a fight in hockey and the helmets don't come off you're like you're just punching each other in the <laughs> helmet like i that doesn't make a lot of sense to me Play i mean Russian usually the helmet comes off and also it's in that moment like you're making a conscious choice to do this i mean lots of things have those what is going on here? Feeling? It's really knuckle ruck Russian roulette. It's <laughs> yeah. like, am I going to break my hand or not? <laughs> right. My buddy Mike just sent a picture from after the taping last night. I had to leave the AEW taping. A picture of Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Don Callis in the ring thanking the fans. Good for you, Mike. I'm glad you got to see that. I'm not jealous or envious at all. <laughs> um... There is a headline at globalnews.ca. It's one of those, ah, this is a fun lawsuit from the United States. Man sues Buffalo Wild Wings after realizing, well, Loren, what has he realized? That boneless wings aren't actually wings. So he's suing Buffalo Wild Wings. This is a franchise in the States for false advertising and, quote, deceptive practices Mm. because saying he was duped duped into buying boneless wings that aren't boneless. And so he thought they were de-boned chicken wings, like where someone in the back was pulling out the bones of those little wings and then piecemealing it all back together. Who knows what? Unbeknownst to the plaintiff and other consumers, the products are not wings at all, but instead slices of chicken breast. The lawsuit says they're more akin to a chicken nugget rather than a chicken wing. No kidding. Buffalo Wings' response was, it's true. Our boneless wings are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham. Our <laughs> buffalo wings are 0% buffalo. <laughs> and I thought, what What did this man honestly think? I mean, beyond the fact you're suing, which is just so litigious America, 
you really thought they were and deep owned what wings? What harm exactly? It, let's, duped, just, let's just go down this road very briefly with this individual. What harm emotionally has this done? This this final awareness that they, as you said, they're not in the back in the kitchen removing the bones and then sewing the chicken wings back together again to present them as wings without bones. Hey, give me a break, buddy. Maybe they're like allergic to chicken fingers or something. <laughs> Yes. I have always wondered why they call them. It it might be an allergy. I have always wondered why they call them boneless wings. Like, why not just call them like boneless chunks or something? Is it just because that sells? I believe like a chicken chunks. Chicken chunks. Why do they? they, You just answered your own question. I kind of like asking it. Chicken chunks. Why do they call? Why do they call them chicken fingers? They're not chicken fingers. Where's the fingers? They have claws. I worked at a restaurant, or my brother owned part of a restaurant in uh, BC, and they called them instead of chicken fingers, chicken lips. And right in the description says, they don't have fingers either. <laughs> I, I don't think Americans call them chicken fingers. I think they call them chicken strips. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't think they, I think that's like a British holdover for, for us that we call them fingers. Or tenders. Yeah. But there's yeah, a difference, right. though. I think there's a difference. <laughs> now we're really going down. One is like real pieces of chicken, and the other is sort of the pulverized chicken, and I can't remember which is which. Oh. Let's not talk about chicken nuggets and, and, and how they create those, okay? Yeah, because <laughs> and, and in the UK they call them fish fingers, and here we we call them fish sticks because like that came over from like our American influence. Like it's, it, I don't know why I know this stupid stuff, but... Because you're full of information yeah. that, that is quite interesting, Cam. Yeah. It's not stupid at all. So why don't we start with you then? What's something where you didn't know that's what it was? Well, it, it, I'd have to go to, like, Hollywood and, like, cops. Like, the, the amount of misinformation that's dished out by Hollywood in terms of, like, what the police can and can't do is completely wrong. But it's like, I saw it on I saw it on a, a movie that the, 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 the cop can't enter without a warrant no matter what. Well, if they have just cause and they believe that something is going on inside the premises, they can enter without a warrant. Or like, uh, if they don't read you your Miranda rights, immediately at that moment, as soon as you get arrested, that automatically that means you're going to get off scot-free and you're, you're going to, no, there's all kinds of other well, stuff. we don't or, even have Miranda rights in Canada. That's it's right. Like, and people, like, yeah. Canadians expect that you get your Miranda rights written to you, read to you as well. Undercover cop has to tell you that they are an undercover cop. That is completely incorrect. It's true. But I believed all this stuff. Like I was thinking like, yeah, I got all this stuff in my back pocket to fool the police. Just, what, in, just case in case ever, you get arrested? Just in case I ever get into trouble. Trouble, you know, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's I get what was going to be my question. Like, did you realize it when you got arrested? And it's like, hey, <laughs> no. none of this stuff is happening to me. No, it was a shock before. I'm like, oh, good, good, thank goodness. I, I, I had all this, all these plans in my head, and they would, none of them would have worked out. <laughs> uh, Fourteen, master control. What about you? Something that you did, were surprised to learn what it was? Well, years ago, when I was working the news with Richard and Julie, Julie had this game for a contest. Is it a fruit? Or is it a vegetable? And it was actually really hard. Like, some of the stuff is like cucumbers as a fruit. I always no. thought it was a vegetable. Really? Yeah. Or, Seeds, man. Or bell peppers. That's a fruit. And did you know that avocados are actually berries? <laughs> no. C'est impossible. And then, and, then, and then what are tomatoes? So I, I was actually... Fruit. Well, here's the thing. I Googled it this morning. Tomatoes are fruits that are considered vegetables by nutritionists. So what is it? I don't know. Fruit. I'm not living in this fruit vegetable world. It's all I Doesn't know what matter. one is and what. Like I'm upset because of all the things you know. All you make your labels. kids eat your veg. Eat your gonna eat your vegetables, and I put cucumber and the peppers on that list, and now I'm just giving them fruit. Yeah, they That's had no right. vegetables yesterday. Then <laughs> this is like they had cucumbers, peppers, oranges, and bananas. They I'm ate all fruit. There's been a lot of fruit and not a lot of vegetable going down. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs would be proud. Hey, speaking of cucumbers, I only learned in the last year that pickles are cucumbers. I just thought they were pickles. Well, they're like a special pickling cucumber. <laughs> so, <laughs> now what did you think? You just thought the pickle was the, the actual. Yeah, like it grew out as a pickle. Yep. and it came out dilly. Yep, with the with the liquid. Sure. <laughs> That's good. Like a fish farm. I think I learned it on this show in one of these conversations. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I, but it, and what's also weird is I like pickles and I don't like cucumbers. I so thought pineapples grew on trees. Like they're in a bush. They don't? I thought they hung from a tree. They're in more like a, Google the picture. They're just sort of laying in a low level bush. Oh, okay. Like I, you know, I can't remember where I was, but I thought they were going to come down like coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. One day someone thought, that looks tasty. I'm going to try that. I want to cut into this spiky looking yeah. porcupine and see what it gives me. 
We're asking you about the stuff you didn't know what it was. Like, were you surprised? Like this guy who's suing Buffalo Wild Wings because their boneless wings aren't actually chicken wings. And what does Trev say? Knowledge is knowing tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting tomato in a fruit salad. There you go. Okay, that's fair. And then Darren? Darren was shocked when he found out Rice Krispies were in fact made of rice. And not just cardboard, like he just thought cereal was Dust all... Dust of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, I confess I was shocked also when I learned Rice Krispies were made from rice. Yeah, actually made from rice. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, maybe they just, you thought it, well, they call it Rice Krispies because it looks like rice. Just some snap, crackle, popping, fun in the bowl. Okay, so keep those texts coming for a chance to win either Jets tickets for March 21st against Arizona or Doobie Brothers tickets for when they come to town on October 22nd. Again, the pre-sale with Live Nation today is starting at 10 a.m. The password is opener. In a span of just... 15 minutes last night, Winnipeg firefighters responded to three different blazes in three different corners of the city. So there was a fire at a home on Young Street just before 7, a fire at a condo in Richmond West at 7.01, and a fire at an apartment building in Valley Gardens just minutes later. So no one was hurt in any of these blazes, but of course for the residents in each case, the cleanup could take days, if not weeks. And it's kind of just a snapshot of what's going on in our city when it comes to fires, uh, whether it's in buildings, in grass, in cars, garages. Last year, there were more than 2,500 fires. That's down from the 2,800 seen in 2021. But the number of fires overall over the past 10, 5, 3 years, it's all up. And over the past three years, it's up 40%. Scott Wilkinson is the assistant chief of the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service. Good morning. Good morning. So I get that our population has grown, but not by 40%. So what do you see in the numbers when it comes to the overall increase in fires? Well, we do have those significant increases uh, over time, but we have made some progress in the last period of time. Some of these numbers are due to a variety of issues, and population growth certainly being one of them. But we do have a number of other issues, including some socioeconomic challenges in the city and some older housing stock that contributes to our, our residential and our structural fires. And, and of course, extreme weather conditions uh, had a, a relation to some of the numbers we saw with exterior and outdoor fires as well. You mentioned vacant homes. That's a huge issue. We know that. That that number seems to have, if our math is right, has uh, almost tripled over the last five years. There has been a significant increase indeed, and we have a a lot of fires. Uh, We've had already 20 so far this year in 2023, Uh, and these are a significant concern to the community for safe community safety, but also definitely to our fire crews for their safety and trying to extinguish them. So, you know, we have been working diligently with a number of uh, other city departments, and uh, we're actually seeing some progress on some bylaw and administrative changes to hopefully help better manage that situation. Now, some data that we were given shows Winnipeg has more fires per household than any other comparable Canadian city, and that the impact of these fires is greater. So what do we mean by that? What's going on there? Well, I think one of the the key issues is we're seeing the impact on some of those uh, housing, residential housing numbers. And we know that's a struggle in our city is to make sure we have enough uh, low income, low barrier and affordable housing. And one of the problems we're seeing is a lot of the fires occur in these types of structures and it's affecting our housing stock that our vulnerable populations need. Why in in these areas? Is it the age of the home, you know, the electrical situation or are they accident versus something else? Uh, Cause is somewhat hard to determine, unfortunately, from a lot of the the way the statistics are gathered. But, I mean, we do see a lot of various causes in in these fires that are consistent with um, cooking and smoking. And sometimes some of our practices for cooking or or use of smoking, those numbers vary in different uh, communities. So that has an impact. And there is certainly an element of of arson in some of those zones as well. Is that up at all, uh, Assistant Chief? Because uh, when I did the math for last year, you know, some 26% of fires last year were considered arson. So are we seeing more of that or is that number sort of static? As I indicated, it's a little hard to be firm with those numbers. I mean, that is somewhat of a consistent issue in some areas and some types of properties, but the statistics, the way they are gathered, are hard to determine. Sometimes uh, we, we have to mark them down as, as undetermined because of the inability to come up with a specific cause by our fire investigators, so it is a challenge to note that specifically. 
Assistant Chief of, Chief of the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service, Scott Wilkinson, is our guest. And uh, the question I have has to do with, uh, you know, we talk about vacant buildings, but newer buildings as well. Talk about how those can, can cause a problem and, and perhaps why fire extinguishers, fire blankets, some of these, these other preventative uh, measures are, are critical. Well, I mean, the things you mentioned, like uh, fire extinguishers, are very important. One of our, our biggest pressing issues is to make sure everyone has uh, smoke alarms in their in their properties. I mean, this is a huge issue that we see. If, if there is a fire, our key you know our key focus is to make sure people get out safely. Um, smoke alarms are required in all residential occupancies and uh, that are rented or supplied multi-occupancy housing. But we definitely recommend. Uh, absolutely everyone has smoke alarms in their house, homes, and we even have programs here called the Safe Family Program that helps people get uh, smoke alarms if they aren't able to install them themselves. Scott Wilkinson is the Assistant Chief of the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks very much. Have a great day. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This morning we're asking you for a chance to win some tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets on March 21st against Arizona or tickets to see the Doobie Brothers in October. What's something that you were surprised to learn that's what it is? Because there's a guy in the States who's suing Buffalo Wild Wings when he learned that the boneless wings aren't actually chicken wings. I revealed that I only learned in the last year I didn't know pickles were cucumbers. Uh, I just learned from Fortier that cucumbers were a fruit. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And tomatoes are a fruit that nutritionists consider vegetables, so that's confusing. And Mike wants to know why is everybody picking on wings? He's waiting for the lawsuit uh, over Red Bull not actually giving you (laughs) wings. I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure. Uh, All Red Bull does is give me a a four-hour panic attack. Heart palpitations. Yeah, it's brutal. But Mackling, what was yours? You. You did it. Our weekend wake-up show, Chris Reed, over the years. And it wasn't until I started working here that I found out and realized that when Chris Reed was phoning you at 7.30 on a Saturday morning to talk movies, he wasn't actually getting you up at 7.30 on a Saturday morning. He'd actually pre-recorded that bit. It was a shtick. I was devastated. And he'd wake me up and I'd be all grumpy and tell him to go away. And it was fantastic, but I thought it was live and it was not. (laughs) I I was crushed. (laughs) Smoke and mirrors. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, those were fun doing those, having to try to figure out every week how to sound like a grump. But uh, Loren, did you see Wendy's here? This is really cute about her uh, little girl. When my daughter was about four years old, while we were eating supper, she asked me what kind of chicken we were eating. I was confused, but answered, it's chicken. Long story short, I figured out that she used the word chicken for the word meat. She knew beef was cow, pork was pig, but never realized chicken was chicken. If you have anyone under eight in the car, turn down the radio for a second. Because most people, when they have kids, tell their kids it's all chicken. chicken. (laughs) Really? For some reason, just early on, that seems to be the more palatable answer yeah. and so fish for sure oh it's just chicken it's just chicken and, and you're lying you always i'm never gonna lie to my kids and then there's four years old you're like eat your chicken and it's pork <laughs> eat your chicken it's fish eat your chicken it's like I, I don't know why that is well and the fish uh you know my brother chris loren and uh when he was little i'll never forget the day he threw a tantrum when uh my my mom tried to make like pickerel fillets mm-hmm. and and my mom says you love fish I don't like fish from the water. I like fish from the box. <laughs> exactly. I had a friend who wouldn't eat the eggs on our farm. Just they weren't the same as the the eggs. Oh, they had to come out of the package. Just, like the I box? don't understand where these eggs came from. And carton? I'm like, where do all the eggs come from? <laughs> like, you mean they don't just come from the store? I like them when they open the box and they're clean. I'm like, oh, I can wash this egg. Like, I don't know what. (laughs) (laughs) 204-780-6868. Something that you were surprised to learn. It wasn't what you thought it was for a chance to win either Jets tickets or Doobie Brothers tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9.15.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Right now we want to talk about how an average of three times per day someone is assaulted in downtown Winnipeg. So that's the data from 2022 where there were 1,161 assaults in the downtown in the last year. So that number is up 26% over the number of assaults that were seen in 2021. And overall in a five-year average, we are seeing 31% more assaults in the downtown. And so just for people's understanding that the police classify assaults at different levels. So about half of them were assault level one. So that's when usually when a weapon isn't used and then 460 were considered assault level two, which means there could have been a weapon. It also means the victim was hurt in that case. And then just over a dozen were considered level three assault. So that would be when when someone is seriously wounded, maimed, you know, or that their life was uh, really endangered. And so that's all how the police break it down. We're going to talk about this throughout the day this morning because there was part of me that thought, okay, when you look at these numbers, we sh- maybe shouldn't too- put too much weight in them because the asterisk in that is the pandemic and that there's just weren't as many people downtown in the past three years. And therefore you can't necessarily take that too seriously. But then when you look at that five-year average and they're still being up, we're still seeing that this has a large number of uh, assaults and violent crime is occurring in these, you know, I don't know, 21 blocks or whatever it might be. And so I'm trying to figure out where my concern should lie because I know how I feel now is different for sure than I did five years ago when I used to work downtown. And I guess the numbers back that up, but but I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the average person's level of concern is and what they encounter on a day-to-day basis. So here's my concern. Uh, not a math genius by any stretch. I was helping you work some other numbers this morning. And when you give me th- these numbers where these attacks, these number of assaults are up and there are fewer people downtown, that indicates to me that my chances, I don't want to say this, but the, the math tells me that if I'm downtown and there are fewer people on a whole downtown, but violence is up, the likelihood of that violence impacting me is also up, perhaps substantially. And so that's bothersome. And 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 the stories from last week on, on Friday afternoon in the middle of the, the five o'clock in the afternoon, people downtown shopping, get assaulted with a weapon and go to hospital with that. That's bothersome. And so I don't have any answers. And I don't want to be the person that says, don't come downtown. I come downtown every day. I feel mostly very safe, but I'm also often concerned about and taking note like I would, I guess, anywhere about where I am. But, you know, Vancouver, four random assaults a day in downtown Vancouver. You just have to go back a couple of years for that statistic. I don't know what they are currently, but that's the latest statistic from Vancouver, much bigger city, yeah. much busier so four, city. So that's only one more on average per day this in is what a I'm city saying. three or four times the size. I don't know. There is that strength in numbers thing. And the thing that's great about it is when I do leave a Jets game or something, and Brett, when you left the wrestling last night, did you walk home? I did walk home, right. yeah. And did you, like that's at 9.30? Yeah, yeah, well, and it, like there was an immediate sort of cluster of people, and then within a couple of blocks, There's it was no pretty, pretty quiet. So I, well, you know, I had my head on a swivel as I was cutting across the legislative building grounds, uh, because you know, as I was walking in, it's well lit, but I thought, well, I'm way further away from the street in here, though. So I just, I, had, I, I was a bit more cautious than normal. I just wonder as the, as the, you know, if you go to the point of that, uh, or or the funnel, right? Larger group, smaller, smaller, smaller group. The the smaller the group, the increase in intention and awareness, I think, that, that spikes. I, I know we all, many Winnipeggers and Manitobans have a perception of the downtown. I'd like to hear this morning from people who actually regularly either come downtown or work downtown or come downtown once a week for games or what have you and just how they feel. Because I think a lot of people like to weigh in from the peripheries, but they're people who are never in the downtown anyway. So 780-6868, if this is your stomping grounds, let us know how you feel. Just want to throw this out here as well, because uh, one of our listeners, Bill, is asking, like, what's taking so long with the check from the province, the that rebate check that went out? I got mine last Monday, I think it was. Um, I was, a, I know people who got theirs almost immediately. And uh, so, yeah, just wondering if you're still waiting for it, because... Like what's taking so long? We've had a few this today, yesterday, but pretty much every day this week. There's been several texters who've said that they haven't received their checks. I have a number. If you want to text, I'll send you out the number. Uh, you can contact them nine four five three seven four four.
I don't oh. know if someone actually answers that. I don't know if that's just a helpline for all things or if that's the check line. Heather Bucks, how may I help you? <laughs> I don't know. But Heather <laughs> Stephenson was uh, out in a boat yesterday. I saw her at the Great Cup announcement on Tuesday. So I don't think she's sitting at the phone herself waiting to answer that question. But uh, there might be a human uh, somewhere along the line. All right. So if you need that number again, just shoot us a text at 204-780-6868, and we will share that with you. And a reminder that we have our weekly visit with Jets TV coming up at 9.35. Sarah Orleski will join us with the Jets back in action tonight. And we have tickets to give away either for the Winnipeg Jets on March 21st facing Arizona, or to the Doobie Brothers on October 22nd for their 50th anniversary tour. By the way, the pre-sale starts at 10. The Live Nation pre-sale password is opener, and public on-sale tickets starts tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 about the things that you were surprised to learn are not what you thought they were. Like Candace, who says, I have always thought... Denmark and Holland were the same place. Even after my husband showed me on the map, I still can't remember. I would say that's fair because it's probably a mix, mixing up not the, the locations, but the language, Danish and Dutch. That was, I always, always used to get those two languages mixed up. And then sometimes I would have to, okay, yeah, that's right. They speak Dutch over here and they speak Danish over here. That makes sense. And, but yeah, sometimes it takes a second or two to work that out. Well, don't go on a map looking for Holland and then also the Netherlands. Yes. They're the same thing. That's right. I think I, my understanding is Holland is uh, two of the provinces and the Netherlands is all 12 provinces or something. I don't know. But they all speak Dutch. Correct. <laughs> Dutch, Holland, the Netherlands, it's all very confusing. Just if you support them uh, as a soccer team, uh, wear your orange. What's da- the Danish colors? Uh, red and white, I think. Mm. Yeah. Who wears the orange, sorry? The, the Dutch. Dutch. Dutch wear orange. Netherlands is, is the orange. Okay. They, they're great soccer fans. They're a lot of fun. Have yeah. you been to a game there? No, I just like it. In Toronto, when World Cup comes, you can go to so many oh, different neighborhoods, sure. right? And Big have time. really soak in an experience. Mm-hmm. And so that was my assignment one week. And I think the year that Spain made it to a final, semifinal, I was like basically taken down in the street during my live hit. Like they were just so excited that they were jumping all around me. And I was talking and just sort of went lower and lower and lower <laughs> in the shot because they were jumping, jumping. They were on the streetcars. And yeah, so that, I, I don't know anything about soccer. I just can tell you which order of bars I would go to if I had a choice in terms of having fun. Well, how many did you get to go to as part of this oh, assignment? I, it was like a whole week of just, you know, and it was all hours of the day because I, can't, I cannot remember. I have to look up the Do you remember date. what year it was? Nope. No, no data for you. You know here. you've been working way too long when you can't remember the year. Spain certain... was fun. Italy was fun. The Dutch one was fun. There was an Eng- the English weren't as fun. How about, uh, the, how about the Irish? The Irish were okay. The English weren't as fun. They weren't as fun as the. I'm telling you, the Spanish. I got to look up that year. What was it? I think because the English are so stressed. That's true. Because of England's poor performance historically in the World Cup, at least in recent history for the last. 56 or oh, that's even more than that now, you know, 60 plus years. So, oh, uh, yeah. 2010, I think, because, oh. sorry, Spain beat the Netherlands in the final. That's right. Holland did make the, the final in 2010. Where okay. was that? World Cup. You're asking a lot I of think questions. I think it was in France. I believe it was in France. I am asking a lot of questions. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. That was in the uh, job description once upon a time. Facts and questions, and <laughs> yes. I have none of them at the ready for you today. Well, still, it was just off the top of your head, and that's a that's a neat assignment. And I, I, I like just getting to to see them in their sort of home base because often, uh, you know, like for the World Cup, I would go down to the pub and they'd had all the games on England was their big draw. The the Canadian games are the big draw. But when the Dutch were playing, you there was a table of fans in orange or you'd get you know the random fans from different countries, but it wasn't a, a, uh, an establishment that was full of that particular country, that particular nation, that particular culture. So I would like to see the differences between them because you're right, the English, they were fun, but I think 
part of the fun for me was how angry yes. <laughs> right. they were. They were so angry the whole match. So I found it amusing because the language was particularly colorful. Well, the hard part when you cover that for TV is that you're not allowed to show the game. There's all those rights issues with the World Cup and the Olympics. So you couldn't even be in the bar and show the screen. So then you wanted the anguished fan because you you whispered into the mic to your shooter. Look at that guy. He looks so sad right now. (laughs) Get a close up on that. He's so angry. Would have been a lot of those. He's rubbing his eyes so hard. He's so mad right now. (laughs) Go ask him if he'll talk to us. A lot of those, in the, wherever the English fans are. Lots of consternation. Last night, was it sort of like a Winnipeg World Cup match? Like if Winnipeg had its own World Cup team, was that on display at Canada Life Centre oh, yes. last night? All Elite Dressing, AEW, made its debut in Winnipeg yesterday. And, of course, it is led by, in ring, two of the biggest wrestlers on planet Earth, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, both from Winnipeg. Jericho from Westwood, Omega from Transcona, as well as Don Callis. Uh, one of the managers in the promotion, and he does some color commentary. He's from Winnipeg, so to have all three of them back in the building was really cool. There was at one point when Omega and Jericho first got into the ring together, uh, you could feel this kind of powder keg of, oh boy, here here we go, here we go. And they told a great story, too, because they got in the ring, and then the the rest of, because the, they, they were in a trios match, so it was three teams of three, and within 10 seconds, that was broken up. So they teased it, and then eventually they got to it, and then they worked together. But there was at one point people were they were chanting either Kenny, Kenny, or Jericho. At one point, it just became a Winnipeg, Winnipeg, <laughs> Winnipeg. One of the funniest parts on the broadcast last night had to do with one of the commentators suggesting that Chris Jericho had, had been brought up on the mean streets of Winnipeg. <laughs> fighting his way through this and fighting his way through that. And then I think it was Don Callis said, guys, his dad was an NHL hockey player. Yes, exactly. He grew up rich. (laughs) (laughs) He was fine. And so it was just, it was kind of neat to see which narrative they were trying to spin and then to have it, you know, come home and have it be completely accurate by another Winnipegger I thought was outstanding. It was a real celebration of our city last night. I just wanted to double up on what we were saying earlier. There's a lot of people who haven't received their checks yet because the texts are coming in fast and furious for info because I had shared a number to which I'm not sure people can get answers to, but I'm texting it in to anyone who asks. I wanted to repeat it again, 945-3744. And Mark is a mailman. Uh, He texted it in to say, I'm a mail carrier here, and I've been delivering checks every day this week. They're coming. Have some patience. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you for letting us know. There's a guy in the States who's suing Buffalo Wild Wings because he learned their chi- their boneless wings aren't actually chicken wings. So we're asking you about the things that you were surprised to be caught off guard to learn that it's not what you thought it was. Like Mick, who says, I always thought that the song A Horse With No Name was Neil Young. I found out in a trivia contest that it was performed by America. And I, as I listen to this, I can hear the similarities. That reminded me of the song Dancing in the Moonlight. For years, I thought it was Elvis Costello because I was dating somebody who had like had made a mix CD and had Dancing in the Moonlight by Elvis Costello on it. So we went to actually see Elvis Costello at the folk festival and I kept waiting for Dancing in the Moonlight. It never came. So I finally looked it up and it's not Elvis Costello. It's a band called King Harvest. I bet you that there's a ton of things like that with covers that people aren't sure who did. What? And so you assume it's an Elvis song or it's a Johnny Cash sure. song and it was a cover. Is that that song? Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song. And it would have been a perfect setting because with the, you know, the nature. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great concert. Oh, you wanted to, you wanted to dance in the I moonlight I mean, Elvis Costello, someone. come on. <laughs> I did. Um, St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Kevin with a good runner-up text as we head into that. Good morning. One of my favorite foods was Irish stew with my neighbor in Regina. I used to make a wonderful stew. I would eat copious amounts when they made it. Then one day I was eating, wondering what was so good in it. So while eating, I asked what made Irish stew so good. And she explained in great detail what was in the traditional Irish stew. Needless to say, I still can't eat it anymore. I think I cried. I was so upset. Even today, I still check cans of stew to make sure what I'm eating. My daughter says hi, by the way. Uh, sorry, what's in an Irish stew Like that's so bad? We thought it was beef, but it turned out to be lamb. 
Oh. I didn't care for that, I guess. Oh. I don't like lamb either. Why don't you like lamb? It's Is like it anything in life. There was just one bad experience. Oh, okay. I can't remember. We were in Petra, actually, in Jordan, and lamb is super popular in ditches, dishes. And until then, I had no issue. And then there was just one dish came, and we, oh, were, yeah. we were all just like, oh, something's not. I thought you were going to say. To be fair, it might not have been lamb, but I. <laughs> you were told it was, <laughs> I was lamb. told it was lamb. <laughs> it's being marketed as <laughs> lamb. But I think we got to jump ahead to the winner here, Greg. Dean is our winner today. Before my first child was born as a first-time father, I read books and attended a new parent course with my partner. I thought I knew everything about early childhood development. When she was a few months old, I was holding my beautiful little girl. I turned to my wife and asked, when will she start cooing? (laughs) I had read... That babies make cooing sounds. My wife looked at me incredulously and said, she is cooing. Well, I was expecting to hear her make sounds like a pigeon sitting on our garage roof. Little did I know that the cute little noises my daughter was making while I was holding her were actually what the books had referred to as cooing. More and more, I realized I didn't know as much about being a dad as I thought. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Dean, congratulations. You win either tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets on March 21st against Arizona or the Doobie Brothers coming to Winnipeg on October 22nd. The pre-sale, by the way, through Live Nation starts at 10 a.m. for that. The password is opener and tickets go on sale tomorrow for the Doobie Brothers. So Dean's going to pick which one he wants and then in our next half hour, we'll give away the other pair. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, our weekly Thursday Jets TV visit in a moment. First, congratulations to Stephen Polish, who won our first pair of World of Wheels tickets for today, for March 24th to March 26th at RBC Convention Center. Let's give away that second pair right now. Call number four at 204-780-6868. Going to see World of Wheels. And a reminder that we are awaiting listener Dean's response. Does he want the Jets tickets for March 21st or the Doobie Brothers on October 22nd? Because we got to give him one and give away the other prize before the end of this show. Also, before we talk Jets, uh, just one more thought here from our text line on the Heather Bucks, the rebate check. Yeah, we had a lot of people texting this week saying, hang on, I still haven't received my check yet. And so this morning I passed on a number. People could call for info uh, with one of our mail carriers saying he's still bringing them daily. So the checks are still rolling out. Well, listener Elizabeth uh, called that number I gave, says after 27 minutes of listening to the same stuff over and over again, I got through to the inquiries line. The woman on the other end said that they have until March 31st to get all the checks out. And if you didn't receive it after that, then call them back. So that might be helpful information for those who are looking for that answer. Wait until the end of the month and then call if you don't have it. I will say that's not the timeline I understood this all to happen by. They were supposed to be rolled out early February and then take six weeks to get out. And now we're talking more like eight, nine weeks. But your money's coming. Pandemic. No, that's <laughs> just blame the pandemic. Supply pandemic. chain, supply chain, envelope <laughs> issues, carbon tax. Yeah, no, that's fair. That that's fair because even I was like, uh, we we talked early before we get into just TV here. We talked earlier uh, about whether or not we even need the check. But once you commit to into your brain, like, okay, that money's coming, you start to budget for it. Sure. And the longer every day that passed where I didn't get that check, I was like, when is this thing coming? Because I kind of count, I had decided I, I'm going to count on this money. <laughs> it could be a whole grocery bag in terms of bag these days. That's only one, but it could it could make a big difference in what you're spending just on food. Or it could have been that thing like you know what I couldn't before this check I couldn't afford A, B, or C. Now that I know I'm getting 350 bucks or 400 bucks, I'm going to go out and buy it. And you've got a credit card bill due. Bill's celebrating. Says, "Hey, Brett, got that check in the morning mail." Oh, excellent. So Bill's going to be partying tonight. I just, just gave the number to call. That's funny. For St. Patrick's Day. Excellent. Let's we'll look at that. Silver tuna tonight for Bill. All right. So the Winnipeg Jets back in action tonight as the league-leading juggernaut Boston Bruins come to town for a 7 o'clock face-off at Canada Life Center. Of course, our coverage gets underway at 5 with the pregame show. Now, I'm not sure if this is a good thing or not 
that the Bruins might be in the least successful stretch of hockey they've played all season. The Bruins have gone winless in three of their past four games, including a 6-3 loss in Chicago on Tuesday night. Sarah Orleski of Jets TV joins us now. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, three. How's everyone doing? We're doing well. Uh, I know that there was a point in time, speaking of the Bruins, where I had no idea what a Bruin was. I might have been eight, nine, ten years old by the time I figured it out. Anything that snuck up on you? Oh, I, I didn't realize this was really this or that. Oh, in the sports world? Um, oh, probably. Although I'm drawing a blank at the moment. You know what I just found out the other day, although I do feel like maybe my husband had informed me of this at some point. Just realized that the back of a hammer you can use to help put the nail in. Like it's not just for pulling nails. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. Explain your, I used yeah. to frame houses. Help me out, Sarah. So this is where, you know, I could get all really good information. TikTok, uh, I believe. Um, but you put the nail in at the back of the, hammer so that it's Come open on. and then the you claw? use that yes into okay into the claw see i'm not even yeah, i'm gonna embarrass my husband so much by just not even knowing the proper terminology of of the hammer but um yeah and you can use that as opposed to using your fingers and just trying to hold it because if some of you are like me Man. you're not always successful with it yeah and then you flip it around and it yeah my grandfather let me down after all thank you sarah <laughs> I should say, I in the sports world, I just remembered this. I used to think the toe drag, my kids make fun of me, was the, someone actually dragging their toe in their skate. I kept looking for it. They'd be like, oh, the toe drag. Oh, and yeah, it's the yeah, toe yeah. with the stick. Yeah. You but, thought it was edge work. I thought it was some to... sort of fancy edge work. And I'm like, I'm just not seeing this. Like, I'm not seeing what they're talking about. And I finally said this to my kids. And my 10-year-old was, well, he was eight at the time. He still makes fun of me for that. So it can happen. Well, thanks, well, you Sarah. Know, with the toe drag, I think of... I always think more toe pick. And if you're of a certain age yeah. and you remember the movie Cutting Edge, but even though, I mean, toe pick obviously on figure skates, but it was one of the most famous lines from early 90s movie, The Cutting Edge, with a figure skater and a hockey player, and she'd walk up to him and she'd go, toe pick, toe pick, <laughs> as he'd fall, as he tried skating on uh, figure Hockey's, skates. Uh, oh, falling. Yeah, because you can't, you don't have skate. Have you not seen the cutting end? No, I have. I was trying to remember. I was thinking, like, who would have thought these two worlds could come together and fall in That's love? Exactly. Yeah, but it happened. <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> it happened. So thanks for joining us, Sarah. We'll we'll catch up with you. In th- no, we have a few minutes left. Uh, with your thoughts on the, the road trip, which uh, just saw the Jets collect four of uh, uh, six points because uh, Loren... You, you were sort of... Um, Greg was in a good mood yes, yesterday, yes, yes, Sarah, yes. and I was super thrown because when he, they lose, you can tell by the way like Greg plods into work like Eeyore with a cloud <laughs> hanging over him after the Jets lose. And then yesterday he shocked me. <laughs> I actually went back and double-checked the score because I said, no, I, they lost. And Greg was thought that good things came from that game. So what was your take? Because the, he saw wins in the loss. Absolutely. Even though I say that at this point and with the standings as close as they are, you know, I'm not one to believe in the, um, the moral victories and okay, but that's usually not the case, but I do think with the struggles that they've had, I mean, they played a good game against Carolina and you're obviously, you're not going to win every game. I think the process though of what they went through and what we saw on the ice is a really positive sign. And if you had said going into that road trip, that they would come back to Winnipeg having collected four out of six points. Everybody would have been absolutely thrilled with that because I think there were a lot of people that were very concerned that, you know, this could be a real dagger of a road trip for them with Nashville coming up in the standings behind them. And so to be able to put together the wins and get that good feeling back in and know that, you know, even though it didn't turn out in a win in Carolina, that they were doing the right things and getting a lot of positive results from it, which is going to be key going into this game tonight against Boston. Even though the atmosphere should be fantastic, even with the struggles that the Jets have had recently, we know that they are much more dangerous on home ice than they are on the road. I think that you need to have some of those good feelings going into a game against uh, the 
league's top team all season, uh, Boston, regardless of any potential um, struggles that Boston's had recently in terms of collecting wins. If you're just tuning in, first a heads up, we do have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Jets taking on Arizona on March 21st. Dean has elected to take the Doobie Brothers tickets, so we're going to do that at the end of this segment. And we're speaking with Sarah Orleski from Jets TV. And Sarah, Jets TV does a great job of bringing fans behind the scenes. So what's happening on runway tonight? Well, really excited for this one because I think this is even more access than what we've ever been able to see from the Jets. So this episode tonight centers around the trade deadline and beginning with the acquisition of Nino Niederreiter and then concluding on trade deadline. But we're able to hear more from the management team than we have before. We've just been given more of a glimpse into it and we're able to follow um, Nino, who's obviously made um, a very significant impact on this team in short order, we're able to follow him around on his first day. And I think it's just it's another glimpse for fans that we're able to pull the curtain back. So I'm really looking forward to this one and think that, again, it's just it's the beginning of it. We're looking forward to continuing to build on these behind the scenes aspects as the rest of the season goes on. But looking ahead to future seasons as well. Nito Niederreiter, former Hurricane, for, former Predator, but also a former Minnesota Wild. And so when mm-hmm. he played in Minnesota, I, I didn't like him at all. But I really like him now. He's one of those guys I think that you're happy to have on your team. And Sarah, it might be early times, but like he feels like a Winnipeg Jet. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I From the moment he came in, I was struck by him. I had heard from a number of people throughout um, the league that he was just, he's a really great guy, that how much one was going to like him. And just from my very first interaction with him, I was so, um, I don't know, encouraged. I was just, I enjoyed his attitude, super friendly, like, okay, so, you know, here I am in Winnipeg, I'm going to embrace it. He's a foodie. So he loves uh, learning about different restaurants and, and he just has this attitude and this demeanor about him that you want to be around. And then you look at, obviously, what he's been able to do on the ice. He fills a void that we haven't seen with the Winnipeg Jets recently in terms of, you know, we know that he likes to park himself in front of the net. He likes to shoot. He's, um, he's a, he doesn't have any issue or um, hesitation about doing some of that dirty work or going into those tougher areas. And that's what the Winnipeg Jets need. And especially what they need as you look forward to the postseason, because you know that there's going to be even more of that and he's got the experience with it. And I just think all the way around that he seems like a good fit. And obviously his production has been there since, or has been here since, since being acquired by the Jets. Sarah Orleski, we got to leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us as always. We appreciate the time. Well, my pleasure, as always. Look forward to it the next time.